This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Middle call! Hey, Oh, I forgot the music. Oh. I make up the music. This is my no, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Go keep going with your no, no, no. That's like an intro for like Mattress Mac. Mattress Mac's got 75 million on the line, apparently, somehow. You know what I was just thinking right before we hopped on? I was taking a taking a leak and it hit me. You've I'm sure seen the uh viral controversy of Mike Evans uh getting the number for a potential uh pro golf instructor. And Florio, who's just king, just the most angry rich guy you'll ever find on the inter- in internet history. Five car garage, I think. Uh, it's like Mike, you just you, you rich son of a bitch. Calm down, enjoy your life. He did bring up a good point. Like it does not look like he wrote down a number. It just looked like a one number, and it hit me. What if that guy, the referee, text two Texas A and M guys? Uh-huh. That Texas A and M referee, obviously older. In like very close with the booster community, that booster goes. When the game ends, you find Mike and see see what he's in for on this ninety eight million dollar buyout mm. of old Jimbo Fisher. And Mike mm. wrote, you know, three right or whatever. You know, he just wrote a number. Why? Okay, now why wouldn't that booster just be able to get Mike's number? Because it's just working back channels, you know. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's that's the way these deals. You don't want any. You know, Jimbo, you're just trying to keep your program above water, but you're all everyone's working the back channels trying to just accumulate because usually it's like you just kind of write a 17 million dollar check when you get to 95 it's like yeah i'm good for like 10 you know it's, it's gonna there ain't one guy cutting that check and maybe mike's diehard a&m guy made johnny manzel and uh almost said mike tomlin who who was kevin sumlin uh made kevin sumlin's career what, what if mike very passionate about tech a m wrote down five i'm in for five we got a long way to go if mike's only in for five yeah, to me, he would be on the lower end of the boosters, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it could have been that. I haven't watched, like, the actual scribble. So you're saying it does not look like an autograph, but it also doesn't look like a phone number. Yeah, it looks quick, you know? Interesting. Interesting. Florio's uh, really, you got his panties in a bunch over that one. Yeah, it is. A, I mean, it is. As someone who I, one of my least favorite phrases is bad look. Like, it's a bad look. Yeah, but what is it actually? Let's just talk about what it actually is. If we're talking about what a bad look is or isn't, who gives a fuck? Just tell me what it is, and then we'll decide what it is. 
But that's weird. Yeah, that's. I would agree because Flora's whole thing is, and I don't think he's, you know, for a rich guy, I don't, I, he's not a gambler. And you know where I stand. I, I, I'm a big believer in the integrity of the game. There has to be people held accountability when there is a lot of money in the line. And if you had just told me, uh, I would say completely agree, bad look. If Mike Evans had just got a controversial call and a crazy comeback on the road for Tom Brady. But, guy, they lost by three scores to a team coached by Steve Wilkes, who was fired after one season, one of the worst head coaches we've ever seen, and P.J. fucking Walker as their quarterback. They didn't just lose. The game wasn't close. It wasn't three scores. They, I watched just a little bit of that game yesterday on the background on my iPad. Every time I looked up, the Bucks were getting their ass kicked. So to me, like, I'm with you. Like, you don't want your – that's it is weird, like, in on the take. There is no – like, we watched the game. They, that was – I would guess that – what was the line? Bucks minus eight going into that game? Might have been ten? I mean, you know, they got blown out. I'm watching the video now. Before I address it, it does occur to me as you're talking that the Bucks kind of play like A&M right now. Just take opponents lightly, Panthers – we're like there, South Carolina, you know, Shane Beamer, South Carolina, uh, year two of his rebuild, beat AM. AM's year five of Jimbo. Uh, kind of just playing down to their just lifeless, like AM, this game's not big enough for us. The now, Buc- kind of PJ Walker and the Panthers, they're just not worth our attention. Did you see the highlight of Mike Evans wide open dropping the wide open pass? Yeah. If you wanted to hit me with, well, John, it wasn't about like what if they were throwing the game. Mm. And they were all in on it together. Mm. A group throw, and then it was all the, the money they raised, they gave Jimbo's buyout. Feels like there'd be a lot of cooks in the kitchen for that one. So I'm watching it. Does not look like a phone number. The part I have not seen addressed on this referee Mike Evans video either. If it's a phone number or something other than an autograph, what's weird is the ref like turns like, no, no. He, a guy steps in and like flips it over like, no, right on this side of the card. Now what the card is, I don't know. But why would he want him to write in a specific place? I don't know if you noticed that, but a guy I Mike did. I saw that. And steps in and he flips it. He just and wants then, to get golf lessons, bro. Yeah, it's just it's kind of Mike stops. Somebody we've got somebody shields the camera. Everyone, you notice everyone that walks by is kind of looking like, what is going on? That a coach walk by, what is going on? Looks like the team that well, because the way it starts is with the AM referee going, Mike, and then Mike stops, right? Yeah, so he, he runs up to they catch clearly him. agreed to something earlier. Yeah, weird, very bizarre. Very but bizarre. if it's over just a golf lesson, I, I understand. Yeah, that'd be different than um, a personal relationship. That now, again, like guys like I mean, we see it in the NBA all the time, right? People just well, Mike check. Evans just said, I've known him for a while. We're humans, we get to know these guys. Like, yeah, we went to the same fucking college. It's not that weird at all. Like, you, you become close, and close is even the wrong way to put it. You become cordial with people you're around. I don't know if you're a human being, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. Um, I remember the time I was at a Kings game. And I was driving to the Kings game and I was on the phone with our guy, Stephen Vogt. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to the Kings game. He goes, you know who my favorite referee is? And I said, no, I have no idea who's your favorite referee. And he told me the name of his favorite referee. So I go to the Kings game that night and his favorite referee is refing that game. So at halftime, I walk down to the referee's locker room and I hand, there's like a security guard outside the locker room. 
and I hand him a note and I said, this is Stephen Vogt's phone number. Give it to referee number 37 or whatever the guy's number is. And um, after the game, I I came back down. I knock on the door. I'm like, hey, man, I just want to make sure they got the note. And they're like, oh, you got to come, come in, come in, come in. And I go in. The three refs are in there. And they're like, man, we fucking love that Stephen Vogt, the referee thing, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they became friends. Matchmaker, bro. So referees are heroes to some people. You know, <laughs> yeah. referees are some people's friends. And I have no issue with them unless they cost me money in a game I'm gambling on. <laughs> John, we are sponsored by our friends at Tito's. Speaking of friends, Tito's. If I ran into Tito in a professional setting, I mean, you'd have to get a photo and an autograph, I think. Tito's Handmade Vodka. It is numero uno. It's the official uh, vodka and uh, spirit and uh, just about any category you can think of of this show. And uh, we appreciate you supporting by uh, supporting Tito's. Yeah, and I think uh, Belichick and, and Kyle and th- the rest of the three and four coaches are going to need some Tito's this week to get them through so they hopefully get to 500 when this week ends. Tito's, our go-to drink, should be your go-to drink. Everyone drinking it, make sure you tag us in all your social media posts, mainly just two because we only use uh, Twitter and Instagram. But if you're on TikTok, I guess you can tag us too. Uh, I don't really know how to use it, but love our friends at Tito's. Love myself a good Tito's and soda. If I need a little pick-me-up, there is nothing better than a martini, than a espresso martini with Tito's. Yeah. Uh, Tito's handmade vodka. Tito Beverage himself. That's the man name. Tito Beverage. First name Tito, last name Beverage. Uh, 25 years. He's been going strong with uh, your your classic classics, right? Like John said, Tito and soda, Tito and ginger beer. But there's so many great uh, Halloween-inspired and fall-inspired drinks you can ju- go check out at the Tito's Vodka uh, website, titosvodka.com, like the pumpkin pie martini. Uh, this is the unanimous judge's choice double gold medal at the World Spirits Competition, the chairman's trophy for the world's best vodka tonic. Simple, smooth, every sip as good as the last. Ugh. And you're not paying for the label. You're not paying for the marketing. You're not paying for the BS. You're paying for the quality. Losing. That is everything it ever was when Tito invented it. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. Bam, bam. We love Tito's. Thank you. Uh, We're also sponsored by ButcherBox.com slash ham. Right now, ButcherBox.com slash ham. When you go to ButcherBox.com slash ham and you use the code ham, John, you get a free turkey. (laughs) What? Not some free turkey. You get a free turkey. ButcherBox.com slash ham is taking care of your Thanksgiving turkey. When you go to ButcherBox.com slash ham, use the code ham. And you get a 10 to 14 pound turkey in your first box for free. Absolutely incredible. You just go to butcherbox.com slash ham. You go put together your box, right? You get it, you get some steaks, you get some ribeyes, you get a little uh you get some burger meat, you get some ground beef. You, you, if you want to get a little ambitious, you get some free-range chicken as well as some ribs. You want to get a little cookout going. And when you do that, they throw a free turkey in. Cause I don't know if you realize, guy, we are less than a month away from this little meal that we call Thanksgiving. And uh Pretty much, you got to eat some turkey, and that's where our friends at Butcher Box. You come, they're like, "Where'd you get this turkey?" They're like, "Got it for free." Hey, we're middle cop, no big deal. That's right. Spread the word of ham with turkey. Um, you get all kinds of great value, incredible value. In fact, ultimate convenience, peace of mind. They take the guesswork out of finding high quality meat and seafood that you can trust. When you go to butcherbox.com/ham, they've got uh, boxes already curated, or you can pick exactly what you want, plus free shipping. 
in the continental U.S. And no surprise fees all right to your door. The main course of Thanksgiving dinner is no stress this year. Butcher Box is hooking you up. Our listeners get a free turkey in their first order. ButcherBox.com slash ham. Sign up today. Use code ham to get one 10 to 14 pound turkey for free in your first box. ButcherBox.com slash ham and use code ham to claim this deal. There you go. Do Thank it, everybody. Go support. Uh, you can send us pictures of that as well. Do it while you're uh, watching the World Series, not for another four days, because the World Series is not a night. Yeah, no, Friday seems like a good good time to debut that. Yeah. That's when the World <laughs> Series starts. Good call there, Robert. <laughs> Just, <laughs> it's not like you got open real estate these next couple nights. By the way, you know one thing that hit me this morning? I was like, God, I am so – I would love to see Philadelphia win. Um. It just got a vibe to them that is fucking awesome. Like, they kind of got a Padres vibe to them, you know? Yeah. Felt like two teams, you know, that Spider-Man meme. If that's what that series felt like. Dude. Yeah. And uh, the Bryce Harper home run was just, I got to tell you, I mean, we, Joe Davis's call was fucking phenomenal. And the place was going ape shit. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, the Oppo Taco. The Oppo Taco. And Joe Davis called it, his call was the swing of his life. I was like, that's, I mean... It's one thing for the swing of his life to be some, you know, your eighth place hitter, but for the guy who basically left high he, school he, early. Yeah, he left. Yeah. I was going to say he didn't even win, went to didn't college, he win a World Series, Nevada. but he left to the Phillies and then they won. Yeah, the World yeah he Series. Left. But I just mean like, it's one thing for the shot of your life to be Robert, you know, uh, um, a Kyle Lowry, the shot of his life. But yeah. when it's LeBron's shot of his life of all the big moments, like when it's Bryce Harper's swing of his life. That's pretty awesome. And that was the swing of his life. And um, you know what I was thinking about this morning? It hit me. Joe Girardi was managing this team and got fired this year from this team. Like, that's pretty crazy. Well, what is that? You know, Buck Martinez, like every team he manages, he leaves and they go to the, they fucking win. Um, That's what happened with the Yankees. Remember, they ran Buck off and then the Yankees won a historic run, became a dynasty when Joe Torre took over. I I don't know if I'd be able to handle this right now if I was Joe Girardi. I saw a Twitter headline after the Phillies won, like uh, MLB Network, and they showed the visual. It was, let's go live to Joe Girardi from oh. the studio who got fired. I, I went to MLB Network probably in the middle of this series, and they were talking about the, I guess, I don't even know if he's technically the interim manager anymore. It's like his friend. <laughs> this guy had already come, basically whoever was talking, I think it was like Steve Phillips was like, you know, Word on the street was he had basically become resigned to he was never going to be a manager. He was older. He was riding with Joe Girardi, big time market, like having a good time, being the number two, and was cool with it. You know, and then all of a sudden Girardi gets canned. He takes over, and every single time they win a series, he like that. Did you watch their spray bottles? How they do it? He talks in the middle. Everyone's getting ready, and he ends it by going, "JT, how many more?" And he looks at Real Muto. He did it two series ago, and it was eight. Then he did it after they beat the Padres, and he goes four. And right when he says four, everyone just dumps alcohol all over him. It's fucking awesome. Oh, man. Uh, cool I said feet. Buck Martinez. Buck Showalter. Thank you. Buck Showalter. You think Bryce Harper? Buck Martinez is the Blue Jays. Bryce. He's already obviously won an MVP for the Phillies. He's the NLCS MVP. Like, is it already worth it or, like, he wins. They win. He's the World Series MVP. They win this World Series. Nothing can happen the rest of his career. This contract, that $300 million, no-brainer. 
win a championship, no brainer. And honestly, he's been really good for them. And like, it's already to me, you got this guy, their team is pretty stacked. That's the thing about them, right? Like they've got some really good players, Reese Hoskins and, and JT real Muto. Uh, uh, Schwarber. Schwarber. (laughs) Schwarber. Uh, Monday night football, John. Bum, 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 bum. It was uh, Mac Jones versus, uh, well, and Bailey Zappi versus Trey Lance. I mean, Justin Fields. It was two quarterbacks who the Niners drafted Trey Lance ahead of playing one another. And um, I wouldn't say it was pretty, but it did feel like a turning point for Justin Fields on Monday night. I, I gave you my theory on Mac Jones was maybe Belichick was trying to embarrass him a little bit after the week of reports that Mac was unhappy with the Patriots. But. It wasn't pretty for him. Feels like we've crossed him off the list. But Fields turned a little corner on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, I I think what we're all seeing is when the draft trade happened, I was pounding the table, partly because people that I know and trust in the NFL were very bullish on Fields. And from a scouting perspective, this guy is a blue chip guy. I mean, I think legitimately when he went to Georgia, he was the number one player in the country. He might've been number two, right behind Trevor Lawrence, like him and Trevor were the same year one and two. And then we saw him go to Ohio state. We saw the way he played in that playoff game, which at the time was a pretty big upset. Remember when they beat Clemson and he threw, I think six touchdowns, his arm strength is awesome. And then his natural running ability is just pretty elite. I mean, he's, he's one of the fastest quarterbacks. Now, ironically, he plays in a league where, probably two of the fastest quarterbacks in the history of the league currently play and Kyler and Lamar. And I don't know if he's quite that like high end fast. Definitely. Kyler's probably the fastest Lamar's damn fast. I, he's right behind him and his natural running ability and he's big, thick. So like my, my thing always guy is from at least where I'm sitting, way I've learned about football, the way I think about it now is this is why I pay my coach 12 to $15 million. You know, and I was thinking about today, knowing that we were going to talk about this. And I, I, I haven't asked him, but I bet, and he might even say like, yeah, we weren't, I didn't waste any time. Because I remember talking to him about it years ago. You know, Veach just gives Andy guys to watch now during the draft. Like he doesn't watch every player in the draft like he wants to with the Eagles. He doesn't waste his time that way. I would imagine on that given draft, like he wasn't, now he might have for fun because he's a football you know, nut just likes watching football players, but like, did he break down and rank the four quarterbacks? Right. Or even like Kyle's group, the three, like, Mm -hmm. but it's pretty clear, right. Of let's just use Kyle's group of the three Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, the number one guy, you know, he would not take of that crew, right. Would be his third would be Mac Jones. And then to me, it would be a discussion between the two. And and I think that he would end up going with Justin Fields because when he factored in the blue chip nature, he once did with McNabb. And I just go, Kyle didn't like this guy? Because it's it's not even debatable. We know that he's even admitted it multiple times. I mean, as I'm recently told Brandon Marshall when they were all in his, his office the day we were at practice and I Am Athlete was here, that like it was between two guys. So you were basically evaluating this huge unknown talent which I understand being bullish on Trey Lance and a guy who, listen, I'm not alone on this. I, and not even just fans were alone on this. A lot of people in the NFL thought this, like this guy's a fringe backup skill wise. And that's who Kyle loved. And ultimately I think it's fair to say that's really who he okayed the trade to go up. And he was open to be other guys. And he obviously pivoted or, but like Mac Jones was the reason 
Like I feel pretty good about that when they pulled the trigger. Like that's where Kyle was leaning at the time. And then I think, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, influence or how, however he came to the conclusion, uh, athletic ability was more at a premium, but I mean, that's pretty embarrassing. And I even think, remember I said that it would have been the most arrogant pick in the league history. I thought it was pretty crazy at pick 15. Now I think coaches, always view if you believe the guy is a starter, like pick 15 is definitely not near as crazy as three. But like, I think Kenny Pickett at 20, like the difference, you just watched the game last night from a physical skill standpoint. What the fuck is the difference between Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones? Well, I'll tell you, there isn't any. And one guy went in the fourth round, like Cousins and Jimmy and these guys, like none of these guys are top 20 picks. That's always my, like, why are you overpaying for this? Now, you could argue because it was one of those, you know, markets, and recently it's become that where you got to really overpay for the quarterback. But holy shit, I mean, I just I, – I, I think it's insane. I, I will always take the swing, and was, and that was why I was cool with Trey Lance, but Justin Fields is – you're not drafting a guy to run around, but he is as natural of a runner as you're going to find with a – like it's, that's an elite skill he possesses, right? When you just yeah. talk about his speed and then just how comfortable he is in space, right? That's comes very, very natural to the guy. Yeah, I think there there are complicating factors with Mac and Fields that we thought Trey Lance would not have, which is the quality of player around him, right? Trey Lance's um, surrounding talent is much better than the Patriots or the Bears. The thing with Mac that I will say, because I, I don't think, and we talked about him a lot last year too, and it was clear immediately that that's not a guy you trade up for, Um in the you know with the third overall pick or whatever the case is but he does have like one thing that Albert Breer reported last week and is not wrong about is Mac situations pretty fucking weird right to go from Josh McDaniels to a defensive coach and a special teams coach as your OC and QB coach um so I, I do think that is a reality of that situation. Patricia like, played small school O-line and judges oh, a SEC quarterback. Okay. <laughs> you know, I th- that is a reality of that situation, right? Like, there's two different things happening when we talk about Mac. One is just, is this the skill set of a first-rounder? And the answer is unequivocally, no, it is not. Not even debatable. Right? And then there is also, is he this bad or should he be a little better than this? And I do think he should be a little better than this, but I don't think he is a... I mean, if he's a starting NFL quarterback for his career, it will be a bottom 10 starting NFL quarterback. 100%. I mean, I, I personally, and obviously when guys get injured and there's, like to me, he's not a he's not a top 32 player. And when I say that, I view him as a backup. Now, obviously he's going to start for a while, but one difference like, uh, for example, Kirk Cousins, and I think Matt Ryan was the best version of this, is like they, they never even attempt, and Cousins doesn't attempt, he can't move around. So he never tries to keep a play alive, like even outside the tackle, really. Like the play's got to happen. He has to just be able to think, fire through his reads, get rid of the ball. And then there's kind of like the Jimmy crew where Jimmy actually is athletic enough. Like Carr is a much better version of Jimmy because he, like Jimmy, he can move around, even though he doesn't do it probably enough. But like when he does, he has the physical attributes to make the throws. Jimmy kind of does. It never works out. Mac Jones is kind of like of that ilk, but even worse, 
actually the same, but he was viewed as like, I'm going to be much more buttoned down than a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I'll never throw picks. I'll just manage, manage, manage. And I think the big reason like Belichick fucking went to the pen last night, and you could even argue like, well, actually that's their starter. He just gave Mac another chance. However you want to describe it is Mac. We drafted you to just steer the ship. Well, you are not Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. And all these reports about the why, and he views himself as a pro bowler. He's starting to kind of get that Baker Mayfield thing yeah, that derailed I, his career. Like, what are you, Mac? What, who do you, who is telling you you should play like this? Like, the thing I will give Cousins a lot of credit. Now, this is also his undoing. He's incapable of doing it. He never takes on that persona. Like, hey, guys, I'm going to bail us out of this one, right? He'll just throw it away or get He also has a better arm, so he does make more big plays. But he never, but even just over his career, like, it's just yeah. between the tackles. That's where I'm going to live. And Mac, that is where you're going to live, bro. And But he, like, Kyle, to me, would be out on him if that was the shit he was doing in college. But he was just managing. Now, you could argue, well, fuck, they had seven first-rounders on the team. Everyone wide-ass open. And that's the scary part of a guy like that whose physical skills are bottom five in the league, like you said. And to me, he's taken on a persona. Like, Justin Fields can make these plays and actually make them miraculous. And, and the difference is, like, I hear you. Like the the his coaching situation, I would say field situation. Last night he hit multiple plays to fucking Pettis and Nikhil Harry. Like that's that is who he's Mooney, throwing the Mooney, pill to, and they're Mooney's not even bad. Removing him, Mooney's yeah, solid. Know, just... But he is throwing. He th- when I watch the Bears, Pettis is involved, guy. I know. That is sneaky. Doesn't look terrible. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I thought the um, and and I, I was watching a lot of the Manning cast on Monday night this week, but I thought there was the um, like he got a heavy blitz and he kind of checked it down. I don't know, checked it down, hit a swing pass to his running back, McCorkle Fields. or Fields, Fields. And what happened was he goes to throw it and there's an end right there, so he has to drop down and like throw this knuckler kind of sidearm as he's getting crushed because there's this all-out blitz coming. Did he hit him? He hit him. Hit the running back. Yeah. Yeah. Hit him. It was sweet. Like, he is, to me, the thing that's very clear with him, and it makes sense when you think about where he played, how much he played, his feel is clearly an elite skill, right? Now, his accuracy, he has a lot of careers still to play out before he's a franchise quarterback. But I think what you see with him really clearly, and I think when a guy is mobile, you can get a good sense for it very quickly, is feel. And Justin Fields has great feel. He understands how fast he is. He understands how fast the defense is. He understands angles. He understands how far he's got to go. And he understands how to get there. And obviously, that's not a part of Max game. Although I think sometimes this was the Baker problem, right? It was the Johnny Manziel problem when they came into the league. They thought they could make plays behind the line of scrimmage that they made in college. They can't make it in the NFL. And clearly, Mac, that's it's different. Mac's trying to make plays with his arm, and he doesn't have the arm. It's not so much a mobility thing. Sometimes Garoppolo does the same thing, where he tries to make plays with an arm that he does not possess. And I think that's the thing if we're talking about the draft itself. Whereas Trey Lance, like one of the unfortunate parts of Trey Lance, is not just that we don't get to see him and evaluate him, but clearly, and this is, I've been talking about this since last year, just in the run game, his feel was not great. And part of it is he's taken a big jump in talent in his opposition and speed. And, you know, there's a lot of bullets flying and there's a lot going on. And Kyle's got a lot in his head and all this stuff that he just really need needs time to kind of work it out for himself. Right. Just the physical part of the sport before we get to the accuracy, the reading, the defenses. 
the physical t- uh, the physical part of how much time do I have before I have to either vacate the pocket or throw the football, you know, and that's something that I think Trey needs experience with. And that is one part of Fields' game is clear. I think he's pretty comfortable with. He is the longest time to throw in the NFL. No, no guy takes longer to get the ball out of their hands. Just part Fields. of it is he's athletic enough to hold the ball, you know, yeah. Fields. Well, I would say probably too. He doesn't have the, you know, if we did a, some breakdown part, because part of that is like, or oh, is receivers open? <laughs> Are yeah. his receivers open? Is he see, is he reading the defense? You know, th- this is a question. Well, that, and, that, well, that, that is a knock on him. And, and this is forever. It was, you couldn't improve accuracy. And now that has been thrown in the garbage. Like that can definitely improve. And, and we can improve it for you with the plays we call. 100%. I, I still think it's impossible to quantify and know and understand how truly coachable the the field vision is. Like that's something, the instincts of the position, right? Like you, you, there's, no, there's no right or wrong answer. Some guys clearly improve and some guys that kind of derails their career. Too much going on and they never see it. If you believed, and I know clearly there are coaches that believe Kyle would fall under this, and I think the Jets fell under this too, because like Zach Wilson sees things, his decision making is horrendous. Like the knock on Zach Wilson is not that like he can't rattle off shit and tell the playbook. Like he's smart, you know. It's just like Zach, wh- why did you throw it to that guy when this guy's wide open and you were looking at him? He's like, well, you know, he, he's just kind of all over some, the map, coach. <laughs> so I. I think the way I look at it, I like balls of clay when they're all unknowns. Because to me, the only quote-unquote known in that group was Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields was the best ball of clay when you factor in the known. The BYU played nobody that sweet year. Trey Lance is coming from a tiny school that he only played the one season as a starter. And Mac Jones doesn't have the physical skills. So you factor in the one guy who was the elite guy out of high school who went to Georgia they made the wrong decision, went to Ohio State, and then led them to a playoff victory. So, and has all the physical attributes. Now, if you want to go, well, he'll never see it. And that might end up being true. But what if he does? That, that's one of those where it's like, watch the fuck out. Because then his ceiling, if he can just get half of what coaches are hoping for, is so much higher than everyone else because his physical attributes are so elite, right? And that's, like, for example... Do you know what's weird about Kyler Murray? Like, no one knocks like, you know, he's just not accurate, doesn't have a good arm, can't find the open guy. Like, he has it all, right? You watch him play. When he's in a rhythm, it's just like, God, oh, this looks pretty good. It's just like, oh, you know, just no one really likes him. <laughs> you know, doesn't really care. And, Fields, and on the field injury injuries gets hurt. Yeah, and he's small, right? If in that, that part of that is like some people just have natural instincts over playing whatever their sport is, right? Yeah. It just comes very natural to them. Like Jason right. Kidd took him five times to get the bare minimum to get in the Cal ACT. He's like one of the smartest basketball players ever. You know, I, Magic Johnson, I, I don't know, you know, if he's fucking some 4.0 student, but like Brett Favre, you know, some of the Dan Marino was, you know, Joe Montana, I don't think he's the smartest intellectual guy. It's irrelevant when it comes to your sport. But I think the knock on Fields was like his intellectual part of his game. And it's like there were a couple of plays last night. I was with you. I was watching uh, Buck and Ake, or I mean, I was watching the Mannings. But then the game was kind of flipping. I'm like, God, the Bears are really going to win. I went to Buck and Aikman. And there were a couple of plays that Fields like clearly went from one wide receiver to the next. And Aikman was like, 
That's some progress right there. Like, that's pretty impressive. On the road in a misty-ass game. That's the other thing, guy. This is why I got fired in the NFL when I said, under no circumstances, ironically, he's been the backup quarterback for the Bills for like five straight years. But I was like, Matt Barkley, his arm strength in inclement weather is not going to work. It is not even November 1st. And you flip on that Monday night game, you're like, God, this is northeast weather. It just felt, and it might not have been that cold, but it just felt dreary, wet, dark. It's like, this is not LA Rams 49ers this Sunday afternoon, right? In 80 degrees with a fucking a stadium that's closed, but it's really open like that. That was ugly and feels foo, 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 foo. And a couple times Aikman was like, you got to put a little more air under that. He's throwing a Brett Favre liner. His ball completely unfazed. Like if I was a Bears fan, if he can figure that out, Windy City, like let's roll, right? Like he's going to, that shit's going to translate where Mac Jones, it just ain't. No. Well, every part of what Fields is as an athlete is uh, superior, right? The way he throws, the way he runs. Um, I, I'm not a, a, a you know a physical therapist. I, it looks to me when he runs, it's like I think all his bones are like exactly where they need to be. You know, it's so smooth when he throws. It's so smooth. The spiral is so smooth. He could play um, another position in the NFL, right? He could be a hybrid well, just, offensive player. Yeah, it turns out if you run him, then the floor is high, right? Now, the question is, is it can you get to the next level with him? We'll see. But it's looking more promising after the decision they made on Monday night. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, here's the thing. I just think the, there's there's he just has an immense amount of talent that I, I just do not understand. And this is what frustrates non-coaches it's like you make 14 million dollars like i i just don't give a shit how much football you know in your dark office like you got to coach these guys up i mean this is that's your job to coach and, and i know if coaches say to teach if i could just counter that for one point i would say if i were a coach and you're making that point to me i'd say okay i don't think this guy sees it and there's a long list of guys who were athletic enough but do not see it and don't have it and i think this is one of those guys right which is basically what the 49ers are saying if what Kyle Shanahan is saying, if he's saying I didn't even, it wasn't between him and the other guy. Like to me, I, I still, we'll see how this thing plays out. I don't have a problem taking the shot on Lance over fields. That's and not that's what not I'm saying. Point. No, no, yeah. no, it's not the point you're making. Um, But if fields turns out to be the best guy and if fields is just way better than Mac and the same as Trey, we'll see if Trey's good, then, then this thing just moves on for Kyle. But we do have a history of Shanahan not evaluating quarterbacks who turn out to be really good quarterbacks. Well, let's dive into that because one thing fields that's that's not debatable. Just let's just compare them to because now let's just throw Mac in the trash. Let's just go. They chose Trey Lance like over the athletic guy. They lean toward was Trey Lance more than Justin Fields. Justin Fields has a much more natural arm throwing motion. Right, it just looks like a natural quarterback when the ball comes out of his hand. And from an athletic standpoint, it's not even close. Like the guy's play speed is just immensely faster. Like it's just on a completely, it's on a different gear. And the other thing that goes back, one thing that people struggle with, and rightfully so in the draft, is you can just go off your information, right? Like Bryce Young, the knock is strictly going to be, can this guy hold up in the NFL? But he's going to have two years of data at the best against the best defensive players in the country. So, like, you have your data. It's just, are you willing to risk the size? But, like, you've seen him 
get hit over and over and over by NFL players and hop back up. Like you've, you've seen it. If Bryce was doing the same at Cincinnati and his only game was like, oh, that one game against Alabama. But other than that, he was kicking SMU and all these guys ass. I completely understand being leery. But like the tangible data for players at the highest level is so much more concrete. Now, that doesn't guarantee you that you're going to be a good player. And the knock is like, what about the Solomon Thomases and Cleveland Farrells? Well, most people would say their physical attributes. One guy was small. The other guy was stiff. I'm talking about the best of the best. And Fields was playing at the highest level. And in a weird way, it does feel, and Kyle wasn't alone. I, I, I know, I think the coaching community was iffy on it. I think the scouting community was much higher on it. And that's where they don't always align. And it's why there's a natural headbutting, right? You would say in the three major sports between coaches and the front office. And they've all, over our lifetime, have changed for varying degrees, whether it be power, whether it be analytics, whether it be specific things in a draft. But it's a natural, and I would say healthy, conversation to have. Because as Jim Washburn once told me, it's so easy for you guys to say, hey, listen, this guy's a shithead, but holy moly can he turn the edge. Because the moment the draft night happens and we all hug and then we go drink beers and eat some sushi that's laid out there, I then deal with them, and you just stand there on the side of some practices, and then for the most part, are in your office. You never ever have to talk to them. And it's true, right? Like ultimately, once I draft the guy, like it's on me then to spend all the time with the kid. So I, I, I get it. It's a little different. I guess the GM might spend a little more time than just the quote unquote scouting group. But I, if he becomes, I, I would just say like a top fifteen quarterback. Which is it fair to say that it like? If you were a betting man, it's not that's not inconceivable by any means, right? For a guy that's twenty three years it's not old, not inconceivable. No, I mean, it feels like you know the eleven through sixteen is just some kind, sometimes a fluid list. It's Would open. Be, in other words, like the top top eight guys usually are, but yeah, it's open. Let's, to let's be just a top go. Let's just go. Has like a really really good NFL career. Yeah, it's it'd be a pretty big all time overthink. Because all the information was there. It wasn't like, well, we got this Victor Wybiama's teammate from France. I'm telling you, he's also a top 10 pick, but he hasn't quite played in all the big leagues. It's like, he's got a little film, but he's playing these dudes in Croatia. It's like, no, this fucking guy played at Ohio State, who averages like 9 million people watching him, including literally every GM and every scout and every coach. Right? Yeah, I, but, but I think right now there's the same question about him that we had about Trey Lance before Trey got hurt, which is can you – can you take the next step with the type of football that you got to play as a quarterback? The difference, though, is, though, part of the question with Trey is, like, he's playing with a loaded gun, and you've mentioned this earlier. Like, he is throwing to Dante Pettis and Nikhil Harry, a guy that was cut and a guy that was traded because he was a bust. No question. But I do think, like, if we look back at Monday night here, look at this. He was 13-21. I mean, I saw the, the numbers. The, no, no, no. This is a different number. The 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 Bears, Luke Getze, the Bears offensive coordinator, it took him – what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks, six and a half weeks to reach the same conclusion that Kyle Shanahan reached immediately, right? Which is the way to play with my quarterback this year in, uh, when we're talking about Trey versus Fields is to run him. We talked a lot about Trey. How much is Trey running? Is Trey running too much? Kyle had made the decision. That was clear, right? That this year, the way this offense has to move, Trey Lance has to be able to run the football. I'm not going to have him. And in his first start last year, remember, against the Cardinals, they ran it nonstop. Ran the shit out of the ball, right? So what, what, what we have on the screen, 
the left column, S-Y-D-S, is scramble yards. The right, this is from PFF. The right column is designed running yards. This is for Justin Fields. So the top of the list is week one. The bottom of the list is Monday Night Football. So week one, 28 scramble yards, no design run yards. Week two, 11 and nine. Week three, 42 scramble yards, four design run yards. Week four, 52 scramble yards, no design run yards. Week five, 45 scramble yards, two design run yards. So they are not designing runs. Week six, 86 scramble yards, two design run yards. So these guys look at this guy going, well, man, it's incredible athlete. <laughs> Do we run them? Nah, fuck it. Finally, Monday night. Yeah, Fields, hey, if it ain't there, bro, just take off, man. You look fast. Yeah, Fields is like, well, do you want to, I don't know, put it in the game plan? Like, no, 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 you got this. Monday night, the first time he had more design run yards than scramble yards. 27 scramble yards, 55 design run yards. So the you Bears, say that's criminal, the right column there for a long period of time? I, yes, although they maybe they would argue like, hey, man, we don't want to get him hurt. We want to develop him as a passer. We're not going to be good this year. Then you kind of look around, you're like, shit, guys, we're a 500 team. Maybe we should just do whatever it takes to win, right? I guess they're not 500. Well, and in fairness, to like I would imagine for Luke Getze would be a good example, their offensive coordinator. Even though I, I, this is hard to like give him an excuse on this one. Did he do much extensive work on this guy coming out of college? You know, when he's coaching Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love's on the team, probably not. So like, is he super inundated with the guy of years of data and been thinking about him? Or does he just get the job? And then he tries to factor it in, but he's also... I bet there's a mandate like we want to make him a more, you yeah. know, long term player. Let's I, I develop him, and you know, and then you're like, well, our O line's not good, and God, shit, guys, I don't know. I mean, he's really good at this other thing. Let's just, let's just do it and see what happens. So they did, but again, this is the same. This is what Kyle Shanahan. I mean, they they might have. I mean, could they have been four and three if they would have tried that? And maybe the Giants game that was close. I think they yeah. lost the Giants game like twenty to twelve. What if they just fucking ran the guy around? Could be. I mean, I'm sure Daniel Jones was doing design runs through that game, wasn't he? He's kind of a weapon, you know. Right? Don't you think Daniel Jones was doing all this shit in that game? Well, well I bet he was. What what did Lamar do the first couple of years? Hell, he's still doing it. He's kind of struggling actually these last four weeks. Yeah, again, his team as uh, the Ravens are the new Philip Rivers Chargers. They play this every Sunday. I turn on the TV, or it's already on. They cut to the Ravens game red zone. Harbaugh's losing his shit. It's raining. It's foggy. Somebody's lining up for a 60-yard field goal. There's a whole game. <laughs> it's the same game every time, and I love it. It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. And, and then they throw up on the screen the Ravens players on IR, and there's two other guys who just got hurt. You're like, guys are dropping like flies. Yes. They're very similar teams, just a more accomplished franchise. So, you know, I mean, this is what we know after his experience with RG3. Kyle wanted to avoid and I think Kyle, in part, if we think back, right? Remember that? Remember there was the story. Clat said something, and then took it back, and then, it, but maybe it was actually true about Jimmy won't text habits, you back, but about practice habits for for Fields. Jimmy won't text back. Remember there was that. Like clearly, the Niners were v- very comfortable with Trey, the guy, Trey, the worker. Trey had run some of their offense. You're saying Clatt went to bat for the Ohio State guy saying that was bullshit. No, no, no. Remember, I think I thought Clatt had said something like, yeah, there's some questions. Clatt, I remember on our show, was very pro fields, but didn't maybe it wasn't Clatt. I somebody promised. Yeah, he said sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Fields was not like a good practice guy. And then had to maybe use Herbie. I don't remember. Ebon Feathers. Ebon Feathers. That is a deep bulldog cut right there. <laughs> Bad practice wow. player. Wow. Uh so 
you know, I, I think the unfortunate part with Trey is like, Kyle had decided this is what we're going to do. This is not what I want it to be in the end, but this is what we're going to do right now. And we're not getting to see that develop. And, you know, I don't know, maybe Jalen Hurts is a little bit of example. Daniel Jones is definitely an example, right? Daniel Jones is is not the level of player that Jalen Hurts is, but they're just kind of surviving by making it happen. Jalen Hurts, is prog- it feels like, has progressively gotten like, hey, this is how we're going to get him on the field. We're going to adjust our offense for him. And as he plays, he's going to get better at the other stuff. And and that's what Justin Fields has a chance to do. I mean, yeah, Justin I, Fields has a chance I, to do I, I do think if Jalen had had Trey Lance or Fields arm power, like just the ability to like arm power, just throw 98-mile-an-hour yeah. fastballs, even with his flaws, you know, throughout his college career, no way he gets last pass to pick 32. Like part of the knock was like, he's not the most accurate guy, really good athlete, obviously a blue chip talent you know at the in college but kind of a weaker arm you know on on the arm scale and i think he's he's improved at that probably a little bit but he's just he's a good example and i think anyone in sports like if you can keep improving and you're very talented like you're gonna be good right so only so many people are nick bosa's trent williams aaron donald you just get to the league and you're dominant and if you just sustain that even though the, I bet realistically they improve a little bit, but like their improvements are hard to like see by the naked eye. They're so fucking good right away. Most guys like Justin Jefferson is another example, right? He just got here. It's like, holy shit. Every time you look up, he's got 10 for 180. Mm-hmm. Most guys like slow progression. Devontae Adams drops, drops, and he starts breaking through. Then he gets really good and he keeps getting better. If you do that, you're usually pretty good in the NFL, right? And if so, Fields, Trey Lance, like they just, the difference is, you know, someone texted me today. He's like, well, you know, it's hard to compare Fields and Lance, right? Fields has uh, a year plus at Ohio State. Was it two? Was he just a one-year starter there? I think it might have been two. Fields? Yeah. I thought it was two. I thought it was two, too. So he's a multi-year starter for, the, you know, a top five important program in the country. And now he's basically started a year and a half. I don't think he actually started, remember, last year because Andy Dalton but uh, he came in. Yeah, two years at Ohio State. So two years at Ohio State, and now however many starts in the NFL. Like how, how you know Trey doesn't have that. He's just really. ahead. Yeah. He started yeah. ahead, and he remains ahead. Now where he's behind, he's had two coaches in two years, right? Yeah. You know Trey Lance is going to be in year three with Kyle Shanahan next year. In theory, that should help. But but again, we just need he just needs some real experience that. It's uh, yeah. It's hard to gain. It's hard to. It's it's hard to gain. It's really kind of remarkable that it took this long to try this with Fields. Now again, it's two different coaching staffs. Whatever. I mean, he is a fit. If you know, he's a well. I think one thing that'll be interesting to watch with Fields is how does this open up his ability to throw the ball? How does this change? I just wonder what he would have looked like with Kyle on the Niners, even with some of his flaws. Because as we know, Trey's had flaws, and obviously Jimmy's got a ton of flaws with his positives. Right. Yeah. He can throw deep. He's got a powerful arm. He can hit explosive plays. Feels like he's becoming, like you said, a, a better, better. You watch him like from the start of the season to now, just a better feel. Like le- he was less like jittery last night. Just felt like he was more under control. Yeah. I, I think the thing to watch with him moving forward is does his completion percentage go up? He's 56% right now. Yeah. Now they're not throwing at that. You know, it's, it was margin for error like last night, 21 attempts. So he hit 13. 
Yeah, well, I, but now that he's run, now that the defense has to play the run, does it create easier throws for him in the pass game? There were some guys pretty wide open yesterday. True. Like wide open. Now, some of it was he extended plays and it was scramble drill time, you know, and scramble drill with him. You've got the whole field scramble drill with a weaker arm quarterback. You don't you got to come back. But this is where back to week one, when we were going back and forth and that whole situation, like I, I can live with a lower completion percentage if you're giving me the explosive touchdown plays and one thing or just explosive plays in general. Just like you can all, I can always live with twelve picks. Like I can live with Matt Stafford throwing a bunch of picks but if he throws that, fifty touchdowns. Not that bad. What? Well, twelve picks. Okay, isn't that, seven. Like, you, well, seven, I can yeah. live with seventeen picks if he throw fifty touchdowns. Right. You know, I, I can live with sixty-one percent or whatever it ends up at the end of the year. I mean, assuming it goes up. The difference between sixty-one, sixty-two, and fifty-six. Though. Yeah, fifty-six is terrible. But I could live with sixty if you're going to give me explosive plays like a lot of the time. Either with your legs or down the field. Yeah. I don't want to make it just a Super Bowl, but I mean, there is a, a level of what gets you through the regular season doesn't always get you through the postseason. Right. True. I mean, Walk before been, you run, though. So 100%. Like Lamar. You don't not run. I think Lamar's won like one like, playoff game. Yeah. Well, you don't not run fields because you're like, well, that's not going to work in the playoffs. So it's like, no, why don't you just let's get to the playoffs and then we can worry about that later. Yeah. And I, th- I think sometimes I was thinking about this because. Someone tagged us again. It was like a barstool write up about like Justin Fields sucking. <clears throat> and I watched the Seattle Charger game. It ain't Justin Fields' fault. He looks pretty good. Their, their defense is atrocious. I think a lot of times everyone's like, that's what we want, right? Obviously, Mahomes were Allen, but then even like Justin Fields, like, well, yeah, that's not available. So when you are drafting these guys, you just then either just don't take a quarterback like the Broncos a couple years ago. And we're just like, we are, we don't think this guy's good enough. Or we're going to take. For- Five straight years. We're going to take Sertan. And if you do that, at least like, well, we got the best corner. So it's like, I can live with it, I guess. You just better hope that quarterback never becomes your player so good. He's probably got to become like a top eight quarterback if your guy becomes like a Hall of Famer. But like, if he does, it just is the wrong pick, right? Yeah. Even if your guy's a Hall of Famer, which I mean, Sertan passing looks like on it. a quarterback is also a decision. Not moving up for a quarterback when you need one is a decision. You know, these are all decisions. Like the decisions you don't make are also decisions. And so not really evaluating Josh Allen. That's a decision, you know. Well, I I, I love watching John and Kyle talk separately from each other <clears throat> and get asked about the Christian McCaffrey draft. And John going, yeah, we had a lot of tires in the fire. We discussed a lot of different things. And they asked Kyle, I was like, yeah, it wasn't even an option. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you watch that or just read the quote? I watched it. Yeah, I did too. I thought John Lynch was just giving a word salad answer on that one. Yeah, oh, John was trying to be positive. Kyle just cut through the, the For people who missed it, the question was, did you guys have, did you almost draft Christian the year you drafted Solomon Thomas? I, the only thing John said that was just, I mean, honestly, might have been true. Like, yeah, we had options of trading back who we would have taken type deal. But Kyle just strictly said, yeah, that wasn't an option. We were going, we were going lines. Yeah. Right. Which, <clears throat> if they would have taken him at the time at number three overall, it would have been pretty nuts. Uh, Frank Clark has been suspended two games by the NFL for a violation of the NFL's personal conduct policy stemming from him pleading no contest to a pair of misdemeanor charges in June 2021 for possession of a concealed firearm. Boy, Niners could have used that last week. Was that the Lamborghini pullover? Probably must have been. Yeah, yeah. The Niners. I remember Frank Clark being in the action a couple times last week. 
Did Willie Gay get suspended or is that old? No, Willie Gay got suspended. He just came He's back for the Niner game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Could have used maybe both of them not in that so game. So the Niners missed potentially either missing Willie Gay or Frank Clark. I guess or they both. Yeah, or both. But they but now Willie's back and Frank's gone. Yeah. Do you think that would have slowed down Patrick and the crew? Uh, I do think it would have helped the 49ers quite a bit. Yeah, it might have. Yeah. John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. Sign up and get a $75 credit to sponsor your first job post for better visibility, more applications, and quicker hiring times when you go to Indeed.com slash ham. Yes, guy. Because here's what you want to do when you're looking to hire. You want to find the best talent and not waste any time on the people that lack the skills that you were looking for. That's where Indeed comes in because Indeed makes it easy to contact your applicants that have your specific skills. And then you interview them, I don't know, virtually, which makes it very convenient. The timing, you figure out Indeed all through the portal, very easy, find you high-level people, and boom, you're dominating your business. That's right. Indeed.com slash ham. On average, applicants who scored proficient or higher on the reliability assessment were twice as likely to be on time for work, according to Indeed data. And uh, that's important because, well, time is money and you don't have time to waste. After using Indeed's virtual interviews, most employers said it saved them days of hiring time. Indeed knows uh, when you're going to grow your business, you've got to make every dollar count. So you sponsor a job. And when you do that, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in the database that match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash ham to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash ham, Indeed.com slash ham. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indeed. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon chicken breast or steak tips in every order for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham been telling you about it for years been eating it for years on a regular basis easily find high quality meat and seafood you can trust 100 percent grass-fed beef free-range organic chicken pork raised crate free and wild-caught seafood Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at GameTime. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called GameTime. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the GameTime app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. GameTime app, promo code HAM. 
save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A uh, wheelie on the stream says, uh, no, that's the wrong one. We, uh, Kay Kirtle says, thanks for your work, guys. Yes. Look, I, I really, when people call us heroes, I, I, I don't, I'm not very comfortable with that, but yeah, some, some people have said that. Agreed. But we just try to stay, uh, humble in victory, uh, and humble in defeat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wheelie says 28 to three. I was thinking, I texted you the other day. Like sometimes it just, when the, when the chiefs hit their second, third and long in the game, I, I definitely thought back to the Niners chief Super Bowl, And you just think about the painful, I mean, he's no Marv Levy and the bills who lost four Super Bowls, but Shanahan's had two fucking just knife twisting losses in the biggest game possible. Not just four Super Bowls, four straight, four can straight. You ima- yeah. Can you imagine that? Just four straight one. Super Bowl losses. I know. I like one thing, and I'm on several text threads with either season ticket holders, you know, obviously diehard fans, people that watch all these games, people that just are very, very emotionally invested. And you're watching the game last night. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, the Patriots and the Bears combined are not going to have the high end Pro Bowl talent that the 49ers have. And somehow the 49ers are three and four. And I think part of this is, and I've defended him, you've defended him, and I still believe in him. But there are times when it's like, I, I don't feel quite as confident as I definitely do at other times. And I think usually when you're just in unequivocal belief, like this guy's just, this guy's a star. Like I, I don't pivot off it. Like I believe to my core that like Justin Thomas is going to win five or six majors, going to be an all-time great player. He misses some cuts or whatever. I might gamble on him and he shoots 75-75 and fucking misses the cut at the U.S. Open. It doesn't change my belief in the player. And coaches, unless you're the cream cream of the crop, like it is easy to kind of go back and forth. I I think college is easier to just kind of like, Lincoln Riley's really good. Like if you're going to nitpick like, well, he's lost who? Alabama in the playoffs? Georgia in an overtime game? Like Lincoln Riley is a star fucking head coach. It wasn't debatable four years ago. It's not debatable now. Like Jimbo Fisher, that is up for debate, right? It's clearly a disaster. Now it's and, only year five. <laughs> but he wasn't winning, winning, remember, the last couple of years at Florida State to start getting rocky. He did have a nine and one season the COVID year because I was like, God, he doesn't even win 10 games. But he, he was, that year his team was good. Anyway, 
Okay. So I, I, it's easier to kind of flip flop on some questionable guys in college, but the high end guys, like it, it's set. And I just kind of go back and forth. Like I, I've never really pivoted on Harbaugh. Now I, I do think you can't hold him to the standard of like Urban Meyer and Nick Saban because he's not that guy. But relative to college coaches and just coaches in general, like he's in the high end percentage. Like Kyle's high end is good. I, I had an assistant coach ask me last week who likes Kyle, who like admires his work and thinks he's good. But he's like, you know, in this profession, once you get to become a coordinator and definitely a head coach, part of the reason he's like good or bad, I, I'll never, and I've never really thought about this because we were talking like how much money these coordinators make and this is an NFL guy. I'm like, would you coach in college? I'm like, what's the average offensive coordinator in the power five? And he, without hesitation, he said seven figures. Uh, so, I mean, the money is so immense. He's like, well, I'll never apologize for money because of the shit that my family has to go through. My wife and parents have to read. Now it's easy for me. I'm in it. I, I know I don't care when things are going bad to read it, but they do. And like, it hurts my mom and my wife and what I go through during the season that my three-year-old daughter, like, doesn't even see me for six months. She cries during the season when I hold her because like, I feel like a stranger to her because I can go weeks depending on the schedule of like, we don't even, you know, obviously kids, they sleep when they go to bed. Like I, I work crazy hours. It's like, yeah, I've never really, I mean, I have thought about it when you're in it, but you're not really thinking about the personal element of it. And I, I, I do just wonder with Kyle and I, and my defense of Kyle was, well, he definitely, if last year they had lost that Rams game and missed the playoffs, it would have been very, very hard to defend him. But not only did he find a way to win that game, then he went as an underdog and beat the fucking Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers on the road. So I was like, those two games specifically, after it was somewhat, I would say, there, there were arguments on both sides going into that final stretch in 2021. He won two road playoff games last year. Like, that was a pretty big moment after he'd already won a couple playoff games two years before so it's like to me road playoff games earn you a lot of street cred and that's like for Jim Harbaugh for example he had that 50 and 20 or whatever his regular season record was and that so it was like god this guy's just a tornado of winning where it's like Kyle's a tornado of losing to the Bears and the like right they're three and four right now that I know they've had some injuries given their opponents that that's a it's been a very very disappointing seven games I, I think it's fair to say well, at minimum, yeah, agreed. At minimum, it's been a roller coaster when you consider it's been seven weeks of Trey is hurt. Really, it's Garoppolo returns. Trey Lance gets hurt. Garoppolo takes back over. You trade for Christian McCaffrey. It's October 25th. Yeah, a lot of shit's going on. That's a lot. And... It, it, there, there is this weird like. Do you, do you think though that he gets like fair criticism? He gets defended. Um. Well, look, there's a lot of criticism, and there's a lot of defense, and there's. I think he's. I, I am pro Kyle Shanahan, and I also think he gets a lot of fair criticism. Is that is that the simple? Do you agree like, he's I, like in this weird lane that a lot of other coaches aren't in? I don't. Well, just think about the resume, John. Six and ten, four and twelve, Super Bowl, six and ten, NFC Championship game, three and four. Like of his what? But now, but also here's the other thing years. where I think a lot of coaches would even say like, well, look at he's three and four this year. It hasn't looked great, and everyone's like, everyone. I mean, I see Sean Payton say this on TV. I'm not saying it right now because I'm not as confident as some of the outsiders, but like legitimate football people, like Niners are about to get hot. Watch out. 
that they're going to figure it out. They're just too talented. And I'm like, well, I think that. And I saw it last year, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet the old uh, life savings on it right now. Yeah, I think most good coaches over the balance of six, seven years have more years where they're not walking a tightrope than Kyle Shanahan, who feels like he's walking a tightrope every year. Like even you know last year being the NFC title game year, you know anyone who lived that season knows it was insane. At no point for most of the year were you thinking this team's going to go to the NFC Championship game, and yet there they were. Now like the if I, 19 if, season. If I told you right now, two to one odds, at what number would you feel comfortable putting money on this team with who they got moving forward to make the playoffs? Two to one odds, though. Because you'd be like of good teams. I mean, if I give you two to one odds to make the playoffs, you'd be like, fuck, I'll put like twenty thousand dollars or whatever. But I was like, Yeah, I would you feel great putting like a thousand? Like, I don't think that's a lot. I mean, what would make you feel a little better would be last year they found a way. And their schedule post by, and the NFC in general this year is just pretty uninspiring. But a lot has gone wrong for them this year, and we're not even half. Well, I guess we're just about halfway through the season, right? Like a lot of the projections, if you're going to be pro playoffs, have to do with everything coming together in a year in which, you know, what we've seen to this point says it's going to be a juggling act. Use check is now added out a week. Debo's got a hamstring he's managing day to day. I don't know if you saw what Kyle said about Eric Armstead, but basically no return in sight, no clue when he's coming back. And he's their best interior defensive lineman. So it's safe um, to say his season's over almost. I mean, till told otherwise. We have to wait until it's not flaring up as much. Well, if it's flaring up while you're waiting around, what's going to happen when he starts playing football? Yeah. Um, uh, Greenlaw's got a calf and Greenlaw's out there getting up. He's got a wrap on his calf during the game. So it's, you know, yeah, guys, some guys came back, but they're not exactly. Flanagan Fowles is one of those guys good in preseason games and you watch him like misses open field tackles. You're like, yeah, just a little bit of a drop off from him and Al Shire, right? Why is it such a roller coaster all the time? You know, I mean, 2019 was a roller coaster in the sense that they played in a bunch of big games, but they were just kicking ass, and that's what a good team looks like, right? Once you're eight and one, you're in the playoffs, and then it's just like, where's our seating going to be? Like somebody, I was texting with a buddy a couple days ago, and he's like, you know, I could see Kyle going somewhere else, and kind of, ha- you know, f- having a quarterback, and having Andy Reid's kind of, you know, kind of having Andy Reid's career. And I said, well, the problem with that is. Andy won his division in Philly like seven, six or seven times. Like Andy went to one, two, three, four, five, six, five or six NFC championship games. One, two, three, four, five NFC championship games. And one of them, he went to the Super Bowl, right? Like Andy had 11, 11, 12, 12, 13. Then he had a 10. Then he had a nine, an 11, a 10. Like Andy had a six win season. Yeah. Andy had an eight win season. His last year there was four. But shit, he was 130 and 93 with a bunch of playoff wins. Yeah. Right. And once he got his crew in, he was winning, 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 winning. Right. Like that, th- when you start rattling off those 11 and 12s, that's when he had been there two or three years and got his crew. No, guys. year two, he got 11 wins and just rattled off. From year two, year three, year four, year five, year six, he won 22, 20, uh, 34, 46. 59 games in five years. 
What would you put the over under nine or and two, four, six, nine, uh, seven playoff games in five years? That was the other thing. Andy was winning playoff games every year. He won a playoff game every year. Years I'd put the over five. under nine or wins this year at eight and a half. Do you feel confident that they're getting to the nine ten range? Uh, all right. Well, let's look. They're three and four right now. They're favored this week. Even though they started plus four and a half, I don't know if you saw that. Um, then they got all right. The favorite Chargers. Arizona, who do you like? Who, well, who do you like to buy, buy week? That should no injury. They anyone get injured that yeah, week? <laughs> um, you know, I, I are they going to beat? They play Seattle one more time and Arizona two two times. Are they going to win all three of those games? Right now, you have to say no. I would say if they go two and one, they're in pretty good shape. Okay. Well, guy, so, if they go two and one and they were to beat the Rams, that would be a pretty. They would be five and one in the division. You would sign up for that regardless who you beat, right? Five and one. Would you say every NFL team in the league beside the Chiefs would sign up for five and one every year in their division? Yeah, yeah. So Chiefs can't stomach a loss to. Yeah, they just don't even like. I mean, <laughs> they don't. They're no equals. You know? um, New Orleans, Miami. You know, Tampa. Whatever that game will be hard, guaranteed. Where's the, so th- that was the, that three st- game stretch is all at home, correct? That you just yeah. read. Yep. Then Seattle on Thursday night. Not easy. Up there, the twelves. Uh, uh, football team at the Raiders dogfight. We'll be there for that. I told you, man. If they wouldn't have put it on that date, it's very disappointing. Can you imagine uh, how honestly, if that Raider game was this week, how sweet that would be? Uh, it's going to be a big day for the mentions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's on January first, right? Is that the yeah? Date? Yeah, it's on January first. I just think that's just. I, I, I agree. You could to me that that has commanders written all over it. I, if I could switch commanders and raiders, I, I would pay the NFL. I'd out of my own pocket like five problem, days. Though, the commanders games on December 24th, the day before Christmas. Okay, that well, that's a bad thing too. You know what I mean, though. Just like the Saints. Let's use yeah, yeah, the Saints. Yeah, no, I, I I got you. I got you. To me, the Raiders are just like, give me a random October date or November date. I don't I hate that. Now, problem is right this year. 24th and the 25th or Saturday and Sunday and the NFL is going to own that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> they so, said Adam, they said Adam Silver were coming and we're stealing all the eyeballs. <laughs> so Niners have 10 games left, right? You said over 8. So 5 and 5, you're 8 and 9, right? Yeah, I mean that's Can can they go 7 and 3? I mean at this point you'd, it'd be hard pressed to feel good about that. Can they go 6 and 4? Six and four is nine wins. Does that get you in the playoffs in the NFC this year? Be tight. Does that win you the division? Maybe it could. It could, depending on if you go five and one in the division and you're nine and four overall, then you're you're actually in good I'll shape. I'll be honest. Right? When I say seven and three, that sounds really good, and that's what they have to do to get to ten. Yeah, which is ten and seven, not not ten and six. Which is not. I mean, they went ten and seven last year and felt kind of meh. I, I think they can go over. I think they get to nine wins. Yeah, I do. Ten. At this point, it'd be it's a little hopeful to say that go seven and three, given the well. Listen, the only thing that truly you get judged on is the playoff victories. But like football, like the regular season, we do kind of judge your records as time goes on. You tell back to back ten and seven, while not bad, it's not exactly untouchable territory. No, but you you don't get fired for even in the new seventeen. No, I'm not saying he's on the hot seat or whatever, but like. Good coaches, like you just start rattling off like 11, 12, 11. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like you have a stretch like that and you're winning playoff games. People are like, this guy's an ass kicker. You're still getting argued at 10 and 7. 
Yeah. You just have a 13-win season? Like, is that possible? Your team's really you good. That, I, but another one. Tyke says, uh, 10 wins, keep drinking that vodka. I don't think Vodka's so. I'm, I, I mean, I... Use check the fucking helmet, shattered his finger. Hey, uh, Ham wishes uh, Kyle Juszczyk a speedy recovery. Not even worried. It's too tough. It just clearly mandated by the doctors or he would have, you know, taped that bad boy up and just played through it. Did you see the clip of him telling Christian McCaffrey where to go? Uh, no. McCaffrey's shotgun next to Jimmy shifts out, goes running. Kyle is in the slot. Well, McCaffrey just runs by him. It's like, no, 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 no. Jimmy does too. They both yell at him like, Christian, over here. Christian, like, oh. I saw Shanahan said uh, he'll know the whole playbook by this week. But not having Kyle on the field is a significant, like, Juice knows where everyone's supposed to be at all times. Like, if you had to put him in an emergency quarterback, I'm not saying he could play quarterback, but he would know where everyone was supposed to be. Well, one thing you notice when he had to come out, like, I, I just. He's not they're Loren- playing this in the surgery room right now. Well, he's not Lorenzo Neal, but he is an incredible positional blocker. Yeah. There aren't, you know, just the hammers. I mean, he's not like putting guys on their back, but he blocks people consistently. And you got to go to Dwelly. You know, it's like it's not quite the same. The other thing is if this is a team that they have consistently had leads against and just kind of ran out the game, it's a little harder to do that without all 44 in there. Yeah. So, William Floyd, I was going to say, who is Harbaugh's? I was like, oh, yeah, the guy that got uh, beat up the old guy. Oh, Bruce Miller. Yeah. That's right. Somebody Actually, somebody said that somebody was like, it was Bruce at the uh, 10-year 2012 team anniversary? But it's not. I can't get over some of the pictures I saw. Like, there wasn't even a starting lineup out there. It wasn't that. It's just very bizarre, I thought, just the whole thing. A little weird. Yeah, I don't know. Was there like a sponsored event they had to fill a event with? Was it all just a ploy to try and get like Montana back? Do you know what was very... Now, Harbaugh's a weird guy. And I don't think Joe, in a weird way, I think he's comfortable with like people he knows. But I don't know if he's Mr. Like Steve Young feels like he can carry a conversation with anyone. Right? There are certain people that are like, yeah, this guy can just talk. Like you just put Peyton Manning next to some random guy like Peyton Manning to be able to talk to him. With Steve and Jim Lombardi's video, it happens to me sometimes. If you're going somewhere, you know, like, you ever just go to an event, you don't really know anybody, like if you're going with your wife or something, but you know, like, you're just going to have to talk to somebody, but you just get put in these situations and and you just, like, I got nothing. Nothing. But you just kind of can fake it or whatever. Well, Joe and and Jim just kind of staring at each other and Joe immediately going to his wife out of the bullpen because he's like, I can't, I I don't know. Which was a good move. Great move, because then Jennifer came and dominated, right? I also think when you've got a camera right there, you think that added to the awkwardness? It has to, right? Because there are things you would talk about potentially that you would not talk about in front of the camera. Now, maybe those two guys wouldn't have. Remember the 91 Pro Bowl when we were tag teaming uh, Julie in the back of the Ritz? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if that would come up in mixed company, but it's a good question. That could come up. Joe, was it true? You know, we're playing Notre Dame in a couple weeks. You impregnated your coach's secretary back in 76. <laughs> Had they already uh, covered, like, how are the kids doing? 
Like we're the boys, you know? That yeah, grandkids? I think it's a natural reaction of people that are like one guy that's 55, another guy that's like 65 is like, how are they? How are the family? That's an yeah. easy ice. But if you don't start actually like going through people, that conversation can end in seven seconds. Well, because Joe's is like, good. <laughs> Jennifer came and started giving the, you know, the stats on everybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. Nathan's doing this. He's at Joe Lacob's VC firm. This guy's coaching ball here. And she, and then it just, it's a fake conversation. Because is Jim really listening? You know, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jim's just thinking about, I don't even know who they play next week, but just the whole thing. And, you know, Jed yeah. tweeting about Jim, I, I just thought, it's I don't get weird. It. I, don't get I, don't, it. I agree. <laughs> but you and I flagged that thing before we saw who was showing up. It's like, why? They didn't win anything. Do you think it's an overcompensation for Jim for Jed to go on a multiple tweet thing about Jim Harbaugh? It took Jerry Jones yeah. and Jimmy Johnson. They won two Super Bowls 30 years to admit everything. It's also a weird spot because he's there. But I don't, you know, if Jed hadn't tweeted about it, I wouldn't wouldn't have caught anybody. I don't know. Would that have caught anybody's attention? They were at some dinner or something? Uh, Michigan State this week. Michigan State's terrible. I, I had to dive in because I was, uh, I just wanted to see, like, is this Herbert's problem? And again, my takeaway was not Kenneth Walker, who ran like a four three eight at the combine. So not only is he a good player, he is really fast. He ran for 170 yards in that game, destroyed Brandon Staley. Oh, and he had some sweet fucking runs. Oh my, he's like kind of looks like Saquon Barkley. Well, I was telling somebody like, you know, you watch a guy in the pros and suddenly they look different. Like Kenny Pickett looks really small. Kenneth Walker looks big on an NFL field, doesn't he? Looks sweet. So I go. Obviously, I knew you know Michigan State had an excellent year last year. Remember, they beat Harbaugh, and it was like, well, what's Mel, what was is Mel Tucker's been? A, I just I just went to his Wicked page and saw his records. I had forgotten he was five and seven at Colorado. Yeah, he was five and I seven in Colorado. He was not good his first year at Michigan State, and this year he's been a disaster. Right, he is ten and sixteen without Kenneth Walker. And I mean, he's a heavy underdog. He's about to be three and five. So it's like, is he going to go four and eight this year? Like, is Mel Tucker a good example of someone that just right player, right time, momentum's in the space, got $95 million? Remember, it happened to Sumlin with basically Johnny Menzel and Mike Evans. They just also, made the right jobs have to come open, right? And that's yeah, LSU, LSU opened. Uh, there was the possibility that Auburn was going to open, right? So that helped also. It's weird because, like, I hold Mel Tucker, you know, I talk a lot of shit about Sark, but people do like Sark and think he's a really good coordinator. Like people that worked with Mel Tucker or been around Mel Tucker, they all think highly of him. But like you look at his resume, it's not like he kind of gets talked about like Mel fucking Tucker, badass. And he's like, he's not Urban Meyer here. Doesn't win that many games, I guess is my point. Beside the one year when it turns out, I mean, is Kenneth Walker going to be in like two years the number one pick in some of these fantasy drafts? Is he going to be that good? I mean, if Jonathan Taylor was the number one pick this, in some drafts this year. My thing with uh, Kenneth Walker is, I guess maybe Wake Forest just changed her offense, became much more pass-happy. Because his his stats at Wake Forest before he transferred to Michigan State were like 600 yards a year. Mm. You know, he was not like, he wasn't like some 1,500, 1,500, goes to Big Ten, 1,500 yards. Yeah, He was just kind of an underutilized asset then became a star. Maybe the uh, rookie, the, the, 
The rookie offensive class this year in the NFL is pretty weird. I was looking at it when we were texting on Monday night about Bailey Zappi's rookie of the year odds. And it's like Kenneth Walker, Damian. I'm just looking at the odds right now. Damian Pierce, fourth round running back. Who's good. Is second. Olave, Drake London. Okay. Brian Robinson. Comeback story. George Pickens. Wanda Tra- just Robinson. got traded to the Jets. Brian Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, George Pickens, Wandale Robinson, Bailey Zappi, Garrett Wilson, Kenny Pickett. Like these are bad. It's a bad class. It's a offensive skill class is bizarre. Where's Danny Gray? Uh, offshore. <laughs> Aftermarket trading only. Uh, I was like, a- I'll tell you right now, he's got about three more targets the rest of the year. Don't don't touch that one. AK Forty Nine says Tevin Coleman just got cut. Which injured player is coming back? By the time you're listening to this, if you're watch, listening after the fact, you may know the answer to that question. Hopefully somebody. <laughs> Got a lot of options. <laughs> well, Kinlaw's not eligible. The way you said Armstead, he's not coming back anytime soon. I'll shine. Did you say Brian Robinson got traded? No. Who? Whoever the... Not the Brian Jackson. Robinson. Who's Brian Robinson? That's the guy for the football team, but that's not who you were talking about. No, you Brian Robinson's the guy that got shot, yeah, right? Yeah. Came back out to many men. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, I, I said a- I said Wandale Robinson. Many men. <laughs> James Robinson. Got, got, got. Everyone uh, was traded, freaking out. Traded. Maybe maybe it was Florida. Did you say Brian Robinson got traded to the Jets? Uh, whoever the Jacks guy is. I James think it's Robinson. J- James Robinson. Yeah. Brian Robinson, there is a guy that got shot in D.C., right? The yeah, place yeah, for yeah, the, yeah. the command. Unrelated. None of the guys on that rookie list, though, were the guy that got traded. Well, I think that uh, there were. it must have been a big anniversary week because the Bears-Patriots, it was like whatever, I don't know how many years since they played in the Super Bowl in 86. Okay. I mean, is that 25 years? Doesn't add up. But there was an anniversary going on with one of the Super Bowl teams, maybe 89, so maybe 30 years. That number doesn't really add up for Washington, like one of the Joe Gibbs Super Bowl teams. Okay. Well, Dan Snyder, I don't know if he's suspended right now. You know, his wife's the acting president. They're all up there. And she's like, let's give a big round of applause to the 19-whatever, 91 or 90 Super Bowl champion Redskins. And and then Florio, of course, makes a big deal of it, like he does everything. And people are like, "Well, they were these guys did not play for the Commanders." Kind of a weird spot. Yeah. And uh, you know, I don't know. I'm I, I'm just bringing this up. Like I, I was like, "Well, I, to me, they, they that's a team they played for." You know, because Florio's whole thing was they've changed the Redskins in the dictionary. It's a it's a slur. <laughs> like you could not yeah. be using this term. If I I guess I hadn't thought it, what I would say is like. Let's welcome back our 1986 Super Bowl team, maybe. Because I guess on one hand, that was the team they played for. On the other hand, have we like accepted that that word is is not appropriate? Yeah, and I don't think so, most people really think about it. I think it's a bigger thing on the internet than like. Well, I mean, they changed the name of the team, so yeah. But I, but I felt like he was forced. To I'm just like, taking. I'm taking Florida. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like they changed the name of the team because I thought it was reasonable to go like, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, uncomfortable. I always, I felt that way for years, long before I, you know, Twitter, whatever. I've just always kind of thought like it's kind of odd. You know, I could see. I've always understood how someone could be offended by that. Let me put it that way. That's the 
simplest way to put it. So when you change a name for that reason, it is kind of weird to just say it. Like Oregon, Oregon State used to play in the Civil War game. They don't call it that anymore. But people still like, you know, they play in that game that used to be called the Civil War, which defeats the point of not calling it that anymore. Well, but, right? but we have to admit that's pretty stupid. That they, you yeah, know. yeah, but but whatever. I mean, I, my ultimate point is like when you change the name of the team because it's reasonable to think that some people would be offended by it, which has always been my position. Why like, did they change that? Why did they change what? The Civil War. Because of I, I don't fucking know. I didn't follow that story. I mean, that to me but, seems crazy. Yeah, whatever. I, I, my, my reaction to most of this stuff is whatever. I don't care. You know, like if they want to call it something else, call it something else. I'm not getting emotionally invested in it. But the football team one, I, for years, I could, to me, it's as simple as I don't care about most things that most people are offended by on the internet. That one, my position was always, I can understand if somebody is like reasonably offended without like being stupidly outraged. You know what I mean? Just like, yeah, I'm offended by that. Yeah, okay. Well, and to me, like the internet's classic offended is always like, guy's really mad when he goes like, yeah, bring me a turkey sandwich. Yeah, I'll take a turkey sandwich. But he's sweet, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll take, uh, I'll take two. You know, he's just like living his normal life. I'm in an argument right now on the internet. Like to me, that is Florio to a T. Like whenever you see these pictures, he's this fucking enormous house. He's made all this money off the NFL. The NFL has produced millions of dollars for the guy. Yeah, he, you see him on, he's just perpetually just angry. But he, you know, he's not. But it's like, it's just kind of his thing. And, and I've, I've always had this thought about like The View, for example. I would never watch it. Now, a lot of, I think, older women watch it. My mom watches sometimes. And Whoopi and the whole crew, If whenever I see clips, they're always really, really angry. And they're always screaming about things. They're all making, I mean, th- those jobs pay big cash, right? These people are living, their life is so fucking good. And they are living so great. Yet their whole business is being angry. And a lot of politic talk is like that, too. It's like these people are not actually angry. This is just their job. They they are making fucking eight million dollars each a year to be on the show to scream about, and then they go home to their fucking massive house on the top of a hill with enormous walls in front in a in a two hundred thousand dollar car. They, they fucking they love their goddamn life, and it's just it it to me. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm going on this rant, but I think about it a lot. It's just like one of the great American scams to act like you're really angry. Build your brand on being really angry, yet you're actually really happy. Like, but are, just, that's not be my question: is are they really happy? Well, they they love their life, like what it provides. Sure, sure, no question. Which is why you keep doing it. But that's different than like being. Well, happy. like you believe that Skip believes his takes, right? That LeBron or whatever, <laughs> or he's convinced himself. Uh, I believe that he. I don't know how much of it he believes, but I think he believes more than people think. Yes, that he has talked himself into a lot. I just I have on this. Maybe it's Jason Verrett. Somebody said a long time ago. I'm taking that off the screen now. Or Tevin Coleman. But anyway, back to your point. I think he believes. Yes, I think he believes a lot of his takes. Yeah. Do you? Uh, you know, I don't even. I, yeah, at well, this I, point, it's yeah, hard. Right. To, the right answer is I don't know. But I think he believes I think he believes more than people think he believes. But I think you realize, you know, when you're in those roles, whether it's politics or like what Skip does specifically, like God, this starts paying a lot of money. And like one thing you realize why like Florio, like Florio would be like, Yeah, I don't care. Everyone's screaming me on Twitter. What does that actually mean? Like fucking you see my direct deposits? Like my my life is incredible. Like whoopee, like or whoever, you know, on the view, like they, it, they don't care about the outside noise. Cause they're like, I'm fucking making so much goddamn money, but this, when I act like this, this is what creates the success. So you just keep leaning into it, even though you'd be like, 
you don't even believe how the things that are coming out of your mouth or even care that much. I think Stephen A. often got crushed. You know, you know, they put him with Mad Dog Russo. If you listen to Russo, you, you know, he just screams a lot. Now, he's New York guy. I was in the car today picking up lunch. Monday Night Football, yeah, there's a lot going on. He opens a show about a book he read about Vince Scully. He's like, I know a lot going on, but we're going to open with uh, the, what, or some long New York Times article just about Vince Scully. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God. You know, so. Your point is at least he does what he cares about. Yeah, at least he, you know, if you listen to his radio show, he will have people that come on talk about the Civil War, you know, in like the middle of summer. Right. He just he does passion projects yeah. like Skip and Steven do not do passion projects. They'll just you, you just t- randomly turn on first take or even Skip and Shannon. I mean, a lot of times it's Lakers or Cowboys on the screen. I mean, it just that's just a fact. I mean, Skip's wearing a cowboy hat, right? Yeah. Now, at least he covered the Cowboys. Like, he pivoted and pretends he's a cowboy fan. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. They're running a business. That's what they're doing. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I, again, I'm do what you got to do to make money. My point is they've just made a they've made millions of dollars on something they don't give a fuck about. Skip might a little bit because like Skip watches is probably different in politics. Like half these people probably don't even follow along when they go home. I do believe like Skip's sitting there watching the Cowboy game, right? You know, I, he, I hope, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, he's got some pretty creative takes. Like, I, I think he's probably engaged based yeah. on the it, uh, IG stories he posts afterwards, breathing heavily. You follow him? Is he good in IG follow? I don't follow him, I don't think, but I do see a lot of his tweets. Like, someone will post, you know, he'll just be like, <laughs> doing stuff like that. Yeah. And I'll see it on my timeline. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Matt uh, uh, Schneidman, who covers the uh, Packers. Aaron Rodgers says on McAfee show that the Packers are routinely making double-digit mental errors. Uh, guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. Quote, got to cut some reps. Asked by McAfee show about his own performance, Rodgers says that Tom Clements, the QB coach, gave him his highest single-grade game yet this year uh, in the loss to the Commanders. <laughs> I, that's so, that's that's open to coward show tomorrow. I'll say that much. That that is uh, that's that's some good Rogers work right there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The NFC quarterback situation right now is pretty wild, man. You've got this going on with him. He really said that. I mean, this is the that's their that's their beat writer, Schneidman. No, clearly, yeah. You got Brady's falling apart. You got Kyler's Call of Duty's out. So who knows what's going to happen with that guy? I mean, shit, I was a plus twenty-seven. So I fuck, I don't know what these idiots are doing. Uh, He's got a lot the, of LeBron James qualities, doesn't he? That's a hell of a quote. That's very LeBron-like. Uh, Russ used to be a stalwart in the NFC. He's gone. Matt Ryan, you know, for years was putting up numbers in the NFC. He's gone. Who's the scariest quarterback in the NFC right now? Jalen Hurts? Daniel Jones? How many quarterbacks in the NFC keep you up at night if you're a defensive coordinator? Jalen? I mean, I- I'm not saying, like, you don't get ready for Rodgers and Brady. I'm not saying that. But, like, the NFC. I mean, is- Ky- Kyler does. I hate. Yeah, to Kyler does. But the, the NFC right, like right this second, October 25th, is a dead zone of elite quarterback play. 
Dalton, PJ Walker. Uh, like you, you said, Daniel Jones, Dak, Dak's back. Cool. Thanks for Heineke, Goff, Fields. Yeah, it's not it's Jimmy. I mean, AFC is, you know, Josh Allen, Pat Gino. Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. Okay. Well, NFC I saw I saw Richard I saw Richard Sherman for cousins. Sherman's podcast. He was pretty adamant that like based on Rodgers and Brady falling off a cliff, like Geno Smith, it as of right now is a pro bowler. And I was like, yeah, I probably couldn't disagree. I mean, statistically, he's high up and they're winning and he's been good. Because you think about it, like Jalen Hurts would be a lock pro bowler right now and everyone else would be up for debate. Feels like Hurts would be the NFC starter. I mean, Hurts would be the NFC starter, right? Yeah. Uh, who, who Just what are the touchdown leaders here? Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Jackson, Herbert, Goff. Well, 11. He ain't getting in. How many picks does he have? Six, 11 and six. Rodgers does have 11 and three. Gino is 11 and three, 74% completion. Is he leading the league in completion percentage? Has to because Rodgers is 11 and three, 66. Stafford's, yeah, Gino leads the league. Stafford's two. How, how many picks does Stafford have? Stafford, you want to guess his touchdowns and picks? Uh, oh, we didn't mention Stafford in this NFC conversation. What do you know on Matt Ryan is? What? Nine and nine. Okay. Stafford, better or worse than that? Uh, worse and Barely better. Um, eight and seven. Six touchdowns, eight picks. Jesus. You can't lose this guy for the Niners. Stafford's been terrible. Aaron Rodgers hasn't really been terrible. I mean, he's 11 and three. Like, I watch him. I watch some of that Commanders game. Like, to me, he still made some Aaron. Like, he... Like, would the Niners take him next year in a heartbeat? <laughs> so it's like, I would say Jalen Hurts. That an option? I would say Jalen be the starter. Rodgers would get in. He would immediately bow out and said he can't make it. He would not attend. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like Rodgers this year would go, to, like, let's say they're an eight-win team. He would be he in Hawaii. The Pro Bowl? Yeah. But he would well, not attend the Pro Bowl. Remember, it got scrapped. It's, Was uh, it in Hawaii? It's in no. Yeah, I think it's in Vegas. It's wherever the Super Bowl is, and it's just a skill deal. The well, Super Bowl's in Phoenix. Yeah, so last year did they do it last year the same? They changed the Pro Bowl. It's yeah. just like uh Peyton Manning's coaching like a flag football team or something. You ever see like if you flip on NFL network in like a random day in May, and it'll be like, or maybe it's like ESPN two, and it'll be like Steve Young, Elway, uh Favre, you know, all those and like Harbaugh, Kerry Collins, and it'll just be like throwing things, you know, just skill competition. I think that's what it is now. So there's a new pro bowler, seven on seven flag football, which I would not let any of my good players play in skills competition, game day events. Yeah, there, there's no game. Each pro bowl team will consist of 40 more players. Members of the winning team uh, points wise, will get 84,000 losing team. will get 42. And it's in Vegas. You can't buy after. a luxury SUV for 42,000. No, you can't. I mean, I I don't know if you can buy many cars for. I mean, forty two doesn't get as much as you used to. Those Honda Accords used to go for like eighteen, and then you fucking go strong for thirty years. Uh, you know, we had some other some other takes, but I think those can probably wait till um, you know, some Rams preview stuff on Thursday. What do you think? 
unless you yeah. wanted to get to something else. I had some. No, we can talk about the Niner defense and, and some of this Rams matchup, but that can be at a uh, later date. Although I did want to call your attention to the fact that uh, that Jim Irsay forced um, the Colts to get Sam Ellinger in, as reported by me, and uh, they said he's got a, he's going to be the starter the rest of the year. And I, at first, yesterday, I didn't really think about it. And then today, I was thinking more about it. Like, there's 10 games left for them. They're just guaranteeing Sam Ellinger is going to start the rest of the year? That job's coming open. Because think about the position that Frank Reich is in now. If Ellinger is good, he's... Jim Mercer's going to be like, bro, you made me pay Matt Ryan? If he's bad, then you don't, you're getting fired. But if he's good, you're not really getting credit for it because you... Made him you you went and got Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan's on the books next year, so I Frank Reich's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't right now with Sam Ellinger. To me, this, Chris ba- this is, is, was Chris Ballard getting fired too. That to well, me, that's the question. Could be. You know, are, they play are, this week? Are, are Chris Ballard and George General Payton the two GMs that have turning down jobs for like half a decade? Both going to get canned this year. It kind of depends, right? Like- Who was the driving force? Was it Reich that was the driving force behind Wentz and Matt Ryan? If so, then maybe Ballard can survive it. You know what I mean? Like Ursay knows. Like if Ballard was the guy pushing them to trade a first for Carson Wentz, then then that's bad. If it was all Frank and they're like, all right, let's cut Frank out of this, and we're not letting a coach make any of these decisions anymore, Chris, then maybe. But do you know who they play this week? No clue. Football team. Unfor- I mean, I wish it was Wentz. Like, that would be perfect if they were playing Wentz this week. But Kind of like Heineke, don't you? Heineke's definitely starting this week, right? Yeah, Wentz is. I mean, do you think we ever see Wentz again for the Commanders? I, uh, I was watching some of that game. Carson was on the sideline with a thing on his thing. Like, so he's not yeah. coming back this week. Yeah. No. It's a shame. I Wentz playing them as they just benched Matt Ryan for Sam Allinger would have been fucking perfect. But I imagine Wentz will be there on the sideline. So, I mean, Wentz is going to want that win bad. They, I think, they, when, I think I, they, they placed Wentz on IR because one of the things I saw on the ticker was Wentz's revenge game against the Eagles is off the table in Philly, I think. Even though I don't know if you get a revenge game, three teams removed or two teams removed, right? Uh, it's a little more meaningful when you just get traded. It just depends how long you hold, you know, hold a beef. Yeah. He's like, well, they paid me $120 million. Do you really hold a beef? Yeah. What's the revenge? (laughs) But weird, just a weird deal. So I I hope Carson's there. That'll make for, I don't know, something. Maybe him and Urshay will cross paths. That was one of the most hyped, yet looking back, overhyped quarterback duo that actually both had like pretty unreal individual moments and big moments that is just like now looked upon as just complete scrubs, both guys. The, wait, wait, which guys are you talking about? The Goff and Wentz. Oh, yeah. Like if Goff and Wentz both are just free agents this year, just cut March 15th or whenever, or neither one would be a starter in 2023. I would I would imagine Goff would be much more likely to be a backup, right? I think teams would take Goff as a heartbeat to be a backup. It feels like there's a lot of stank on Carson. I mean, three games in, Ron Rivera just like hated him. It's crazy. Like pretend like he did. Feels like Goff. People like him. He's just guy's just not good enough. He just can't move. He's like a 
he like became Matt Ryan at 38 at 29. <laughs> you know, it's, it's he got old fast. His game got old fast. Really old. I mean, he when you watch him, he feels old. You're like, yeah, there's a 40-year-old quarterback, been at it for decades. Like, well, he's 28. He just turned 28. Jared the Goff crazy is thing 27 is you, this year. Jesus. When you watch Carson athletically, like his arm is still strong. He's still yeah. a very good athlete. I think Jared would be a lot better if he just had Carson's arm. His arm looks so weak and he just can't move and it just looks he plots. He's just turned 28 years old. Does Jared Goff have a seven-year backup career in him or does it feel like Jared Goff's just out of just kind of over it? I bet he would like just hanging. I, you can never say never because Matt Barkley's had a 12-year NFL career. I wouldn't say never on Goff. I mean No, I, I wouldn't either. I might Yeah, I, I think Goff would definitely be a, a long time backup candidate for the 49ers. Yeah. Well, to me, the good teams, because he can just start, you know, the Bills, the the Chiefs, teams with like uh, the Chargers, teams with like legit quarterbacks, like, will you be our backup for $1.5 million? A guy that I just know, like, if I get into a pinch, he's a good guy. He's, yeah. you know, he'd knows take, football. He's so rich, he'll just, he wants to go to a high-level place. Like, is he doing the Flacco thing for a while? Fuck yes. He'd be crazy not to. Because it's just your career is so long. If you just like football, and it feels like Jared just likes being around the guys, likes football, you know, um, why not just go to a hangout with Andy? You know, just pick a place. I couldn't, but I mean, Mahomes, what's his name? That guy, he came Henny. in the game today. And I, I was walking by the TV and said, like, Henny, 0 for 1. It was like a stat line at the bottom. I was like, I'm obviously I was not locked in at that point in the game, but I mean, he's our age. It feels about 50. Henny. Yeah. Been married I, since he's been married for 12 years. <laughs> Got married 25. They wanted a serious guy. Uh, Jackson says, Who are we betting on Thursday night football? Do you know who's playing Thursday night football? Yeah, it's uh, Bucks Lamar. Yeah. On Which, paper, not terrible. On paper, probably one of the better games of the Thursday night sl- of slate, I would guess, when Al looked at it. Pretty shitty uh, right now. Bucks open as a three and a half point favorite. The Ravens are now a um, one and a half point favorite. To me, the worst part about this game is that it's in Tampa, not in Baltimore. That game belongs in Baltimore. Pops better on TV. Tampa. You know the crazy part about Henny huh. is when I say a guy like Chad Henny, who's 37, 38 years old, what would you put the over under teams played for be with a guy like Chad Henny? A guy like Chad Henney or Chad Henney? I mean, I'm just trying to – I'd say Henney's – Henney was on the Jags. Henney's on the Chiefs. There's two. Henney was at Michigan. There's three. Uh, Second-round pick out of Michigan by the Dolphins. Oh, I forgot about the Dolphins. So is it three teams he's been on? He's been in the league since 2008 and only been on three teams. Wow. Usually a guy like him, the latter years, you just end up five or six. right? Like you look at Fitzpatrick. Now, I, he's on the high end of crazy jumping around. He has uh, been just pretty consistent. How long like, was he in Miami? Just his rookie contract, four years. So he was in Jacksonville for a long time? Long time, 12 to 17. God, how many different coaches did he have? 12, I mean, it had to be a 14, shitload. 15, 16, 17, seven years. He probably had three coaches, right? Six years. Now, he basically, 
I mean, he kind of got in on the gravy train of just clearly Patrick and Andy like him, and he's just been the stalwart there since those guys. Since Patrick started, he became the backup, and he has that, not busted. See, if, I, if it was like backup QB time, I'd, I would do my own study. All right, quarterback that doesn't get hurt. <laughs> Coach is cool as fuck. Where are we going? Like, if you're him, you're riding this out as long as humanly possible, right? You want to retire a chief. Like, can I retire a chief at 40? Absolutely. Like, can I get three more years out of this? Because I, I don't want to go pretend to be someone else's backup. Like, I like it here. I like playoff bonuses. I like never having to play. Playoff and I love bonuses. rooting on victories. Because part, part of it, too, it's winner. like, yeah, you, you, you don't necessarily care win or lose because you did nothing. But it's way more fun to go in the locker room when everyone's celebrating. Everyone's happy. Of the time. <laughs> You're playing in big games. Think yes. about that. You're just in big-ass games. Playing a lot of You're home watching. games. You're standing on the sideline in big ass games from one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And then you when know, you start a podcast, your first guess is that quarterback. And, that get, <laughs> and no one's there, you, you, there's no like insecurity when you're Patrick Mahomes' backup that you're not better than the starter, you know? Like you go to some other place and it's like, fuck, I'm kind of obligated to try and beat this guy out because I think I'm better than him. But, you know, I don't want to be Tua's backup. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to be Tua's backup. It's weird, right? Like, if you're Chad Henney, you go to Michigan, you have a probably pretty unreal college career. You're first team all Big Ten, second team all Big Ten. You play at Michigan. Long, long list of great quarterbacks. Like, that's just in itself a big deal the rest of your life. Then your NFL career, you're like shitty Dolphins teams, shitty Jaguar teams. But then you get to end, like, ultimately, it's like, yeah, this guy was uh, Patrick Mahomes' backup for seven years. Like, that's how he's going to be introduced, right? Not former Dolphins quarterback. You know, this guy played in the Jacks for six years. This guy was with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes from 33 to 40 years old. Like that's 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 the stories everyone's gonna want to hear, right? Like, what's Mahomes like? What was it like playing the Patriots? Like, what'd you guys do? Like, that's the questions you get asked. Michigan, the Chiefs. You just pretend the other stuff doesn't happen. You actually made the majority of your money during that time. Yeah. You say yeah, something. Just never know. It's a good gig. Great gig. He started. Actually, he hasn't started that many games in his career. Has he had, like, a great game? He's had to have, right? Yeah, I mean, when he was a full-time starter for Miami in 2010, he threw 15 touchdowns and 19 picks. <laughs> That's the peak of his career. But my he question has- is, like, has there been a day when it was, like, four touchdowns, no picks? This is going to go down as one of my great days. Because he had that day. But I doubt it. Oh, see, I think he's had. I think he has. Let's check real quick. Here we go. Has he had a four? He has. Okay. 2012, Jags, Texans. Oh, they lost 43 to 37. He was four touchdowns. Ooh, 16 to 33 passing that day. Four touchdowns? Four touchdowns, though. How many yards? Uh, I don't know. I scroll. Um, three fifty four. Oh, not bad, John. He's got. If you scroll through his game logs, he twenty nineteen didn't play a snap. Twenty eighteen, three attempts. Twenty seventeen, two attempts. Twenty sixteen, no attempts. Just I think took a snap and kneeled. Twenty fifteen, didn't appear in a game. Twenty fourteen, started three games and didn't play the rest of the year. So he went fifteen. 16, 17, 18, 19. In those, what, five seasons I just rattled off? Five pass attempts. 
And the only reason he played in 20 is because remember Mahomes' knee got hurt and when he quarterback sneaked and it got dislocated. So he had yep. to start the next week against the Packers. So if, if if Mahomes' knee hadn't got dislocated, like Chad Henning would have thrown two or three total snap or balls in basically eight years. Charles says he closed out the Browns in the divisional round. He did that's right. Six of eight, and that he had that run. Wasn't it like a weird something went wrong? Did something go wrong on the play? That he had some big run. Remember that? Oh, when Mahomes got injured? Yeah. Dante says a 15-yard run. Do you think that just gave him? Didn't he have a big fourth down conversion? Maybe that was the regular season. I don't remember, honestly, much. I uh, thought he had a huge fourth down conversion one week. I don't remember much Rona moments like of of games beside like Baker beating the Steelers. The Raiders playing on a Wednesday. I remember Tampa beating the Packers, but I, I don't remember that Chiefs Browns game. Like no vivid memories of that. Oh, that's what, Andy had him throw on fourth and one. I remember that. That was a big deal against okay. the Browns. Remember they were the Browns kind of sneaky came back or something happened in that game. Uh yeah. Did you see the story real quick? The, this coal miner story with John Calipari. No. It's pretty great. So there was this Kentucky had like it's, you know, like Midnight Madness or something the other day, basketball team. Yeah. They have like your meet the team. And there's this guy sitting with his little kid who's like three years old in his full on coal miner uniform covered in just soot. Like he hasn't even had time to wash. His Is head. the reason they call it Midnight Madness because that's the day you can start and they start at 12 o'clock at night? Maybe they used to do a lot of them at midnight on that day. Yeah. yeah. Now they do it at normal times. Maybe. Yeah. Usually they do it at normal times. So this guy's sitting there covered in soot, and somebody, like, the picture goes viral. Oh, this guy didn't, like, his face is totally black. He's still in his uniform. Somebody's like, who is, or or Calipari tweeted, who is this guy? I want to find him. Like, clearly picked up his daughter right after work and went to the Well, no, what turned out is that his wife met him there with their little boy, and he, like, came straight from work because his little boy wanted to go see Kentucky basketball. So Coach Cal, I guess, is, like, comes from a coal mining family and, like, wanted to find this guy. So, you know, social media, boop, boop, boop. Cal gets the guy like comes up on Monday from underground and he's got a phone call waiting for him. It's Calipari. They talk for 30 minutes. Like, it's not just some, hey, bro, happy for you. Talk for 30 minutes. And uh, the guy's like, bring, you know, obviously the guy's going to get courtside seats or something like that, whatever. (laughs) But Calipari, like, I know how he comes off. But I think his great strength clearly is he knows how to connect with people. Like he's fantastic at it. People really like John Calipari, and it's um, a good story. Hmm. That's a pretty great story. Yeah, yeah. John, I would not have guessed that Coach Cal came from a coal mining. Not that he didn't come. I wouldn't have guessed. Well, that he like came I, I think it was his grandfather. I don't know what his father did. But where's he from? Is he from PA? Where's Calipari from? Northeast. Oh, I, I did, I guess. I didn't realize what it was, but I had seen that guy. The guy with the beard and all yeah, dirty. the guy with the beard. Yeah. Yeah, Calipari's from PA. So that's you know. And he and he got the guy's Twitter handle. <laughs> the guy's Twitter pick guy is him dark, like covered. Covered, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So just a cool story. Anyway, that is pretty cool. All right. On that note, is it worth a read? The 
I just read the tweet. I don't oh. know. <laughs> Feldman, someone in the athletic wrote something long. Oh, wrote like a big piece. I yeah. that I did not see. I just meant the 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 situation is very cool. Yeah, we don't read on the show. <laughs> read. Uh, okay. On that note, everybody, thanks for hanging. See you later, y'all. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.